1: us this morning, and thank you for coming and praying with us this morning as well. This morning, as we continue in our series on um, the EHS, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, this past week you talked about grief and loss and how to open up our souls through that. And as we're talking about grief and loss, and it overflows into mental health because a lot of that stuff will cause depression or anxiety. And so this morning, I've actually invited a friend uh, to come and to speak with us this morning. His name is Jerry Ton. And we work together with our district in different areas. He looks after our pastoral restoration for our district. And he also works for a ministry called Get Care Canada. And Jerry has been in ministry for 38 years. And he has a doctoral degrees in the fields of theology, psychology, and leadership. And so he's going to be sharing with us this morning on grief and mental health and anxiety. And so let's welcome Jerry Tan.
0: Hello, my name is Jerry Ton. It's a privilege and an honor to be here today with you here at Bethel at uh, Pentecostal Church in Stratford. And I just want to thank uh, Pastor Chad for uh, the opportunity to be able to minister to you this morning. And I trust that the sermon will be encouraging and. Uh, That will be uplifting. We are dealing with uh, some mental health challenges in our country. In 2019, in October of 2019, the National Post did a um, quantitative study across Canada on asking Canadians to state their mental health. 67% of Canadians stated they had good mental health. One year later, during COVID, National Post decided to do the survey again. Again, a quantitative study. And they found that mental health had dropped from 67% to 44%. One year later, 44% of Canadians were saying they had good mental health. In other words, more than half of the Canadian population admitted they were struggling with their mental health. What I want to do today is take you through a story of a man that had the highs of life and the lows of life, experienced them, was a godly man, but also dealt with anxiety. His name is Elijah. Elijah was a prophet, and we find him in the Old Testament. And Elijah had experienced many miracles. He was dealing with a pluralistic society, Primarily King Ab- Ahab and his wife Jezebel. She was quite evil. And he was trying to get them back on track so that they would worship the one and only true God. And so he tried to get Ahab to to realize God is God by, for instance, having the rain stop. And the rain stopped. And the land became parched. A- Elijah was trying to teach Ahab a lesson. Elijah also experienced other miracles He assisted a widow in Zarephath That was having problems feeding her family He brought a boy back to life But in the process of trying to deal with King Ahab And King Jezebel He created a competition He challenged Ahab To come to a competition And in this competition The decision would be made Who God is the true God would be the winner. The idea would be that they would build an altar, take a bull, put it on the, bowl, on the on the altar, and, and let the real God cause the sacrifice to happen. In other words, let the real God have the fire from heaven fall and burn the sacrifice. And so he challenges Ahab and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah To participate in this event Now Baal was, he was the god of fertility He was the male god, he was called El And this in, 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 in this whole process There were child sacrifices with people who worshipped Baal But then there was Asherah, the, the female side, the mother goddess and the same kind of religion, basically, and and so um, uh, Elijah challenges Ahab to this competition, and so, along with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. So, four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal show up to this competition, and four hundred prophets of Asherah. And so, all these people were gathered together. And, went, and along with the, the prophets came the people of Israel. <clears throat> there must have been a lot of people here. So the people of Israel were here, the prophets were here. People were sort of on the perimeter. The prophets were closer. Prophets of Baal and Asherah. And there here was Elijah by himself. And Elijah, he calls out to the people, it comes near the people. How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. We will decide who's God today. And the people did not say a word. And Elijah said to the people, I'm the only one left who truly follows the one true God. Here I am alone, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us And we will cut them into pieces I will prepare one bull You prepare the other bull You choose the bull you want And we will call upon the name of the Lord And the true God will cause fire to fall And he will be God And the people said We like that idea Let's see who is God And so they took The the people, uh, the prophets of Baal Took one of the bulls and they cut it up, put it on the altar, and then for hours they were crying out to Baal, Answer us, let fire come down and consume this all this the sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. And they limped around the altar they had made. Well, about lunchtime, they've been doing this since morning. Lunchtime, Elijah mocks them, saying, Cry louder! You know? Maybe he's busy, you know? Maybe he's asleep, having a nap. It needs to be awakened. And they cried louder, and people even started cutting themselves until they were bleeding, And but there was no answer. Then Elijah comes on the scene. Elijah comes near the people and says, come near to me. And all the people come near to him. And he rebuilds the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah takes 12 stones, according to the numbers of tribes of Israel, and then he builds an altar in the name of the Lord. Elijah was about to experience an incredible miracle. Fire from God would fall. This would prove the real who is truly God. We call those the highs of life. I had some of those highs when I was pastoring. I saw people come to Christ. We, in, in our church in Aurora, when we were involved in church planting and later built a facility, we saw a lot of people come to Christ through two alpha groups that we ran simultaneously because we had so many people there. The highs of life are really, really cool to have. Well, Elijah was about to experience a spiritual high. Elijah prepares the altar. He builds a trench around the altar, fills it with three gallons of water. Then he uh, then he cuts the puts wood on top of the altar and cuts the bull into pieces. Lays it on the wood. And says to the people, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. <clears throat> and so some people do that. He says, do it a second time. Get more water. They do that. Do it another time. Go back to the well. Get more water. Do it a third time. Three times he drenched the altar with water. And water is running around the, the trench and, and is everywhere. And Elijah praise. First he says to the people, uh, he encourages the people. And he says, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known that this day you are God in Israel, and that I'm your servant, that I've done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. And then fire from heaven falls and consumes the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and licks everything up, including the dust and the people say see this, the people of Israel around the perimeter, they fall on their faces saying, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. The highs of life. Maybe we've had some highs. You know, for some of us The high may be a good family, right? It may be a good business deal. It may be the Raptors winning a championship. Or it may be a spiritual high, like my kids are all serving the Lord. Things are going well. But then there come the lows of life. The lows of life. Elijah was about to experience a low. We live in a culture that's spent a whole year, over a year, almost a year, not over a year, sorry, just about a year, wrestling with this issue of COVID. It's caused some anxiety issues in our culture. We consider that the lows of life, the drop in the mental health in our country. Well, this godly man, this spiritual man, Elijah, was about to experience a low. So my daughter, with her kids, she does this almost every day. She, tell, she says to her kids, what was your high today? What was your low? We have highs and lows in life. So my grandkids say, well, my high was this and my low was this. She does that around the dinner table That way they can address the low issues Well, Elijah was about to experience a low In 1 Kings chapter 19, the first eight verses Ahab goes home and tells his wife Jezebel Who's very evil All that Elijah had done And how he had killed all the prophets That would have been about 850 people he killed 450 of Baal, and I think it was And 400 of Asherah and Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah. That's how they did it. The messenger would actually run with the message. Sends a message to Israel, sorry, to Elijah via via the messenger and says, I'm gonna kill you. What you did to the prophets, I'm gonna do to you. Your life is over. And in first Kings 19, verse 3. We read, Then Elijah was afraid. He was having an anxiety attack. And he arose and ran for his life and came to a place called Beersheba. And then he went another day's journey into the wilderness and sat under a tree. And then he says to God, Let me die is enough now Lord take my life for I'm no better than my father's when we go through the lulls of life we need to understand that anxiety is normal there, there, Nor I want to talk about the normalcy of anxiety is actually a normal event as I was watching the news a lot this past year I sensed anxiousness talking about COVID, talking about the new variant. In in our family, in our home, we we went through COVID. We had had to self-isolate. Went through that experience. But this has created a lot of anxiety among a lot of people. Christians were worried about COVID. I want to say today... That some anxiety is normal it's called situational anxiety Um, there's three responses in in anxiety we can either fight the situation or run for the situation or freeze but I've got a chart a tool here called the mental health continuum model or the mental health continuum tool there's a chart here that I want you to look at and if you want you can go to Google Images and download the Mental Health Continuum model or the Mental Health Continuum tool. This, was, this chart was developed by professionals for the Department of Defense, for the military, originally. And they found it so successful that they advanced it for first responders and now it is open to the general public to, to use. And it talks about where we are in terms of our mental health continuum or where we are in terms of how we deal with anxiety. In a normal relationship, or a normal healthy situation rather, we call that the green green zone, there are normal mood fluctuations. We are calm, we take things in stride, we have a good sense of humor, we perform well, we're in control mentally normal sleep patterns, few difficulties, good energy, able to cope with situations, not getting into addictions. But in normal, in a normal healthy zone, there are fluctuations. For instance, today I got some emails where people were asking me to respond right away because there are big issues and so I had to, oh man, I wanted to get this video done so I had to put that on hold and try to fix those things and, and those are little variants that come into our lives and we just cope with them, right? Uh, Things that we need to deal with that uh, are kind of come out of the blue, we didn't expect them, right? In a normal healthy relationship, we can we can deal with these little issues. But then there's the yellow zone, which is the reacting zone, which is situational anxiety. In the middle of the brain, there's a a little thing that's about the size of an acorn, And this little acorn shaped thing is called the amygdala. And this little amygdala causes us, releases a biochemical kind of reaction when we are faced with a situational anxiety. For instance, if I'm trying to cross the road and the cars are going like this, but I gotta get across and there's no crosswalk. When I start walking across, there's sensors going off in my brain. Be careful, be careful. That's the amygdala reacting. The amygdala was created by God to keep us safe, right? Uh, I was doing a seminar or I was teaching at the Bible college. I can't remember where where this happened. And somebody asked the question, um, what was the purpose of the amygdala in the Garden of Eden?
1: And then all of a sudden an answer came.
0: Maybe it was the fear of God. Don't go near that tree. Hmm. I thought that's an interesting observation. Maybe that's the role of the amygdala. But the amygdala is is given to us by God to protect us. But if the amygdala never shuts off and never is turned off, and we stay in this state of reacting, we are going to have struggles. There's going to be irritability. We're going to be impatient. We have nervousness. Maybe sadness, feeling overwhelmed, procrastinating, trouble sleeping, low energy, decreased activity and socialization, and maybe even some addictive traits will come in. The reacting zone is the most serious zone when it comes to the state of anxiety. I'm going to talk about that in a few moments. If we don't deal well in the reacting zone where, where the situational anxiety is being dealt with, we can become injured. This is where chronic anxiety can come in, living a life of anxiety. When Paul says, be anxious for nothing, in the original Greek, it was talking about perpetual anxiousness. He was actually addressing the injured zone. And in the injured zone, we can be angry and full of anxiety all the time. It never goes down, poor performance, maybe become workaholics because we're trying to get rid of our our struggles, our, our pain, and restless sleep. Sleeping, etc., etc., etc. And if we don't do well with the injured zone, then we can run into the acute zone, which is the ill zone. Angry outbursts, thoughts of suicide, can't fall asleep, you know, uh, sleeping too little or too, too much, uh, and all, getting into addictions, right? This was developed, this model, for people that were to prevent them from getting PTSD. And, and what's really fascinating for me is, in my opinion, the most important zone, and, and also the professionals agree with this, is the reacting zone. That's the most important zone. If we don't deal well, when situational anxiety hits us in the reacting zone, if you're like me, I can overthink the situation and get into a thing called cognitive distortions. So I can move from the world of the real to the unreal because I'm imagining things that aren't real. For instance, somebody in church comes up and says something to me quite sharp, with an angry tone, maybe pertaining to my leadership style or some decision that was made, maybe a person in leadership, and they walk away. My, my normal tendency is for me to overthink the situation, personalize it, and overreact in my emotions, and get into cognitive distortions. I'm blessed with a wonderful wife, because I'll go to her and say, this happened, and she'll say something like, that's not what he meant, he's just trying to address the issue. Don't overthink this, you're, you're taking this way out of perspective. And that little discussion with my wife gets me back into the green zone really, really quick. The reacting zone, or the amygdala stage, is the most important stage that we can deal with. Because, and I think, as a Christian, we need, we need to do two things. Number one, we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us in that time, in that situation. Right, cast all your cares upon Him. Right, Uh, at that stage, we are praying, Lord, help me in this situation. And secondly, we need community. I need to have the church family around me. If the if the situational anxiety is too strong, for instance, I'll have a board meeting and we need to discuss. A really difficult situational anxiety issue. The board helps me process that. Sometimes it's a group of people. We need the church to help us, so we don't get into the injured zone. The the injured zone, right? So we don't get into. So our anxiety doesn't move into kind of a chronic stage. And so we are called by God to comfort one another, and with the same comfort we receive from God. That, there's a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that if you have the time to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is powerful because it kind of addresses the issue of us going to God for comfort and then with that comfort we receive from God also comforting one another. This issue of when I'm in, in dealing with my situational anxiety, I need God and I need others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 we read that God comforts us in all our tribulation. All our tribulation. Everything. Every situation. From the original language, it means all our tribulations, all our afflictions, all our burdens, all our anguish, and all our persecution. God comforts us in everything so that we, in turn, can comfort others, right? And it's interesting that the word uh, for Holy Spirit is the same basic word used for comforting others. Parakletos, parakaleo, right? The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He comforts us so that we can comfort others who may be in a state of anxiety. And uh, it kind of brings me back to situational anxiety. I need God, and I need others to come in and comfort me and help me get on track so that my thought processes don't go out of context and out of distortion. And so God comforts us so we can comfort others. The idea of comforting others is encouraging others, strengthening others, instructing others, teaching others, building others up Exhorting others I don't know a lot about electricity But it's sort of God comforts me And I become a conduit so I can comfort others So when they need my comfort When they are in their situational anxiety I can help them Get back on track, to get back into the green zone So we look at this chart The idea is to get back Into the green zone as quickly As possible and that is precisely what happened with Elijah. Elijah fell asleep under the tree. He was exhausted. And behold, an angel came. God used community. It wasn't a human, actually. It was an angel. But the idea is the same. An angel came and said to him, arise and eat. Now Elijah looked, and at his head, there was a cake baked and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down, yet to sleep. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Eat more, for the journey is too great for you. This is a powerful verse, for the journey is too great for you. We need God and we need one another, for the journey is too great for us we need to get back into the green zone as quickly as possible and not risk letting our anxiety get out of hand and go into the injured zone we receive comfort from god so that we in turn can comfort others so that we can see god bring calm into crisis bring poise into panic bring peace into pain and faith, into fear. Friends, turn to God in your situational anxiety. If it's if it's pretty serious situational anxiety, or even if it's not serious, in all of our situational anxiety, bring God into the picture. What a friend we have in Jesus, right? Can take all our needs to all our cares to him turn to god in your situational anxiety and then involve community so you don't get into cognitive distortions so you don't overthink a situation so that what is real becomes the unreal so you don't get into wrong perceptions and that by the way once you start going that way you go into the injured zone i'm grateful today for god and he loves me that relationship with him love him so much I'm, I'm so grateful for communion. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that I could uh, minister today to this church. I pray that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would rest upon every person today at Bethel in Stratford. I pray, Lord Jesus, that if we are finding ourselves in, in, in a situational anxiety issue, that you would help us to turn to you and to uh, minister and ask for ministry from other people. Lord, if there's someone today struggling with, with uh, the ill zone or the injured zone, pray God that they be open to seeking out other professional helpers that could help them get back into the green zone. Lord, I pray that you you would give us your strength, that we could always quickly get back into the green zone of normal emotional functioning. Normal, emotional, spiritual, mental, and and physical health. I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. It was great being with you. God bless you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Jerry, for sharing with us today. And I hope many of you have learned a lot. And it's one of those things where we all experience highs and lows in our lives. It's how we walk through those highs and lows that really are so important. And that's why we need Jesus. And as he talked about, we need Jesus and we need our church. Uh, 2 Corinthians, where he talked about, where he uh, read from in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5, and it says this, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so we also share in the comfort abounds through Christ. And so this is the thing, this is how it's so important as a church family that as we walk through challenging times, that we find where God is in it, and we find what God is doing, and then we're able to take what we have learned, and then when other people are going through hard times, we're able to share that with them. And this is why it's so important to not only walk with the Lord, um, most importantly, but walk in community because we can teach and help each other as we walk through the highs. We celebrate with each other and we hold each other as we walk through the lows. And so let's pray together as we close today. Father, we thank you so much for people like Jerry where you've just been able to teach and give him so much wisdom that he's able to communicate it to others. And Father, I pray that you help us to bring our grief and our pain and our anxiety to you because Lord, you can handle it. And so, Lord, help us. Lead us out of the valleys that we walk through, Lord. Just this promise that, Lord, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't camp there. We don't stay. We keep walking with you, and you will lead us out. And, Lord, I pray for a healing of emotions today. I pray for healing of of mindsets and the way we think, Father, that you'll bring us back into alignment with you. Lord, I pray for healing of areas where there's broken trust with you where things have happened in our lives that, Lord, it's hurt a trust level. And so, Lord, I pray for a complete healing there, Lord, where we're able to trust you even when we don't understand what you're doing or how you're moving, that, Father, we can trust you in a new way. And show us where you are in those times, Lord. When when we look back in those hurt moments, we can ask you today, Holy Spirit, where were you in those moments? And you will show us where you're walking with us and leading us. So give us a renewed confidence in you. And Father, I pray that as as we give you our hurt and our pain, that we ask you, Father, now to fill us more of you. That, Lord, as we hand things over to you, we create more space in our own lives for you. And so, Lord, we give you our hurt. We give you our pain. We give you our anxiety and our stress. And, Lord, we ask you now to come and fill us in a brand new way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So just a reminder of Men's Connect tonight at 7 o'clock. You can sign up online. Also register for next Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. We are already over half full, and so you want to sign up right away to be a part of that. And also a reminder that next Sunday uh, we are into spring, and so therefore the clocks spring ahead. And so we will see you next Sunday. God bless you.